Well, good evening, Crossroads. We're so glad you could join us this Good Friday. We're so thankful that uh, we can still celebrate Good Friday. This is the day that um, the Lord has made. And uh, as we continue tonight, we just want to, uh, we want to celebrate what Jesus did for us. We know this is the most unusual moments in our history. Tonight I have Pastor Al and Pastor Luke with me. And we're just here. We're, we're just going to spend some time with you. We're going to have communion as we wrap up tonight. So I want to encourage you just to, to go get uh, some juice. Maybe you have some juice in your house, uh, whatever, and just uh, have that prepared. Some bread. I just uh, brought some bread from home tonight. And you can just take that bread and you can break that up for your family or possibly a cracker. And I just brought a sleeve of crackers from home. And so the important tonight about communion is, is not the element, but the God that we're remembering tonight. So I just want to encourage you, just grab some juice. And so take a little bit of time as we begin here and uh, get those things together. I have a few Dixie cups, and I'm just going to pour into Dixie cups tonight for us here. And we're going to spend some time worshiping the Lord. Um, you know, at, uh, in moments like these, folks, this is when we need, when we need to remember our God more than ever before. Our God is with us. He is constant. He is present. And tonight, as we come to Good Friday, uh, I threw this out earlier today. Why is Good Friday good? When I was a kid, I could not for the life of me understand why they said that Good Friday is good. And now I do, because Good Friday is good for you. So tonight, I, uh, I just want to open up in prayer, and then we're going to just take a little journey. We're going to look at some scenes from the cross tonight. We're going to remember what he has done for us. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come before you and we thank you so much, God, for all that you've done. You've been so good to us. God, you have uh, you brought us through so far in this journey of this crisis in this country right now and in our world. And I know that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. God, we uh, we thank you tonight for the way that you're working. We thank you most of all for the cross. And that's what we've come to do tonight, Lord, is to is to just remember the cross. So, God, this is our Good Friday. We come before you and we give you Good Friday. This is to you, Lord. It is a time to remember what you have done for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Jesus declared, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you will never go hungry. And if you believe in me, you will never be thirsty. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be. That I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. Once, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? They answered, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say that a prophet of long ago has come back to life. What about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, He said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out to the crowd and said, Who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. 
I am he, he said. With this, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, Who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I told you that I am he. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness had come over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Surely, this was a righteous man. On the first day of the week, the women found the stone rolled away. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. He is not here. He has risen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. I am the first and I am the last, and apart from me there is no God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I, even I, am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no Savior. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the living God. I am in the world, and I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the first, and I am the last. I am God Almighty. I am the God of your Father. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. I am the I Am. Thank God that he is the I Am. Well, I remember as a teenager seeing Good Friday as one more reason to be angry with God. I would hear people talk about the love of Jesus and the fact that he went to the cross as a sacrifice. And I suppose that was fine for them. But I happened to be an individual that he did not love and that he did not want. How did I know that? Well, simply because my life was a mess. It was filled with addiction and conflict. 700 years before Jesus was ever born in Bethlehem, the prophet Isaiah wrote the following. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 through 6, we read, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and he esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What a description of the one known as Jesus, the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, the Son of the living God. He was despised. He was rejected. He was filled with sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. Men hid their faces from him, and he was seen as one without worth. What about you today? 
Are there moments in your life when you'd say, boy, I identify right with that? Well, that was Jesus, the son of the living God, 100 percent man and 100 percent God. But you know what? He didn't retaliate. Instead, he took our on our griefs and he carried our sorrows. We're told, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Oh, Good Friday. The time in which we remember Jesus going to the cross for you and for me. That moment in which there was conflict, there was pain, there was suffering, and Jesus went to the cross willingly. In fact, Jesus had said, listen, no man is able to take my life from me, but I will lay it down a ransom, a payment for many. We're told that all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're told in the book of Proverbs that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of sin and death. And that's a reality. A lot of times we will make choices in our life. We'll walk away from him. But he made a promise that he wanted to be there for us. And he would never, ever walk away from us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When Jesus was on the cross, the sins of the past, the present, and the future were all poured upon Jesus Christ. I cannot comprehend that, but that's what we're told. In fact, we're told that Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? In Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, we're told he saved us, not because of the righteous works that we do, but by us according to his own mercy. At the age of 18, while stationed at Great Lakes Naval Base, I discovered that the history of Good Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus, was not just so others would be loved and forgiven, but it was for me. And do you know what? Jesus went for the, to the cross for me. But he went to the cross for you also. In verse 10, we're told it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Because God the Father, that was his plan. He went to the cross for us so that we could be forgiven. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, we're told, But God shows his love for us, and that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Tonight, it doesn't matter where you are or how you are. Jesus went to the cross for you. He didn't ask you to go get yourself right and cleaned up. He went to the cross for you, just as you are.
know, growing up for me, going to Good Friday services, it was always it was always different, and it was always one where I didn't know what I was supposed to feel. Was I supposed to feel sad? Was I supposed to feel happy? Was I supposed to sing the songs and listen to the pastor and then sit down? Uh, I think there was always a, a whole mix of emotions. But one of the things that continued to progress for me in my life as I grew up was my need for acceptance. That's such a huge part of my testimony, is my need to be accepted. And as I continued to grow and, and understand more about this Jesus, and as the more I understood about what the cross actually means, the more that it really settled into my heart that Jesus died for me, that he literally took my sins upon himself and paid in full for my sins, and I don't have to earn that. Like it's just, I remember where I was, I remember where I was sitting, I remember the type of day I was, I remember everything. When that moment, when I completely understood that I did not have to earn this relationship with Christ and that He paid for my sin, for my failures on the cross. And so, maybe this Good Friday, maybe where you're watching this, maybe you will have this realization for the first time in your life that Jesus paid for your sin on the cross. And as I understood that more and more, and as you continue to understand this more and more, you begin to dig into who is Jesus. Why would he take my sin and pay for it in full on the cross? And that's because he loves us. And so I want to share tonight uh, in First Peter Chapter 2, verse, verse 22, it's, 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 under, it's, it's describing Jesus. And I just want you to get this picture of who, who this Jesus is. It says in verse 22, He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds you are healed once you were like sheep who wandered away but now you have turned to your shepherd the guardian of your souls i never realized how much i was really trying to earn the shepherd's acceptance i was trying to earn so much of my friends and family's acceptance and I realized that Jesus has already accepted me and that's all that matters. And so the more that I, the more that I continue to dig into my relationship with Christ, the, the more I just see who this Jesus is. He never sinned. And even though we, we walk away, we, we are just like sheep. We're fallen, we're fallen, and then we're off here looking at the other thing. We're, we're, we're escaping out of the pen thinking that we have our own, our own ways of doing things. And we turn back to the good shepherd who cares for our souls. And so my prayer tonight on this Good Friday is that what you would understand, that we would all really rest assured that Jesus paid for your sin. He paid for my sin on the cross. And he is the good shepherd who cares so deeply for our souls. And so that's my prayer is that we would rest in the arms of this Jesus who took our sins and paid for it in full on the cross. And he is the good shepherd. And the reason why we can say it's good is because Jesus took our sin and paid for it in full.
What a powerful, what a powerful image that we get of Jesus taking our sin in his body to the cross. And he is the good shepherd. Check out this next video as we continue to just meditate on the powerful life of Christ. We're going to look at the Gospel of John, just, the, the, just the, um, a picture of this, uh, this life of Christ. And um, we've, we've taken some snippets um, from the movie, The Gospel of John. And so um, as, as we all watch this video, this little snippet of this, uh, this video, really dig into who Christ is and what he did for you on the cross. One of the high priest's slaves, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, spoke up. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? No. And at once, a rooster crowed. Jesus was taken from Caiaphas' house to the governor's palace. The Jewish authorities did not go inside the palace, for they wanted to keep themselves ritually clean in order to be able to eat the Passover meal. So Pilate went outside to them and asked, What do you accuse this man of? We would not have brought him to you if he had not committed a crime. Then you yourselves take him and try him according to your own law. We are not allowed to put anyone to death. This happened in order to make come true what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he would die. Pilate went back into the palace and called Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? Does this question come from you? Or have others told you about me? Do you think I'm a Jew? It was your own people and the chief priests who handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom belonged to this world, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. No. My kingdom does not belong here. Are you a king, then? You say that I am a king. I was born and came into the world for this one purpose. To speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. And what is truth? Then Pilate went back outside to the people and said to them, I cannot find any reason to condemn him, but... According to the custom you have, I always set free a prisoner for you during the Passover. 
free for you, the king of the Jews. They answered him with a shout. put a purple robe on him and came to him and said, Long live the king of the Jews. And they went up and slapped him. Pilate went back out once more and said to the crowd, Look, I will bring him out here to you to let you see that I cannot find any reason to condemn him. Look, here is the man. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him then and crucify him. I find no reason to condemn him. We have a law that says he ought to die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. He went back into the palace and asked Jesus, Where do you come from? But Jesus did not answer. He will not speak to me. Remember, I have the authority to set you free and also to have you crucified. You have authority over me only because it was given to you by God. So the man who handed me over to you is guilty of a worse sin. When Pilate heard this, he tried to find a way to set Jesus free. If you set him free, that means you are not the emperor's friend. Anyone who claims to be a king is a rebel against the emperor.
Jesus heard these words, he took Jesus outside and sat down on the judge's seat in the place called the Stone Pavement. In Hebrew, the name is Gabbatha. before the Passover. Pilate said to the people, Here is your king. Kill him. want me to crucify your king. The only king we have is the emperor. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. charge of Jesus. He went out, carrying his cross, and came to the place of the skull, as it is called. In Hebrew, it is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and they also crucified two other men, one on each side, with Jesus between them. Pilate wrote a notice and had it put on the cross. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, is what he wrote. people read it because the place where Jesus was crucified was not far from the city. The notice was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The chief priest said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather... This man said, I am the king of the Jews. What I have written stays written. 
After the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier. They also took the robe, which was made of one piece of woven cloth without any seams in it. The soldiers said to one another, Let's not tear it. Let's throw dice to see who will get it. This happened in order to make the scripture come true. They divided my clothes among themselves and gambled for my robe. And this is what the soldiers did. Standing close to Jesus' cross were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there. He is your son. Then he said to the disciple, She is your mother. From that time, the disciple took her to live in his home. Jesus knew that by now, everything had been completed. And in order to make the scripture come true, he said, I am thirsty. A bowl was there, full of cheap wine. So a sponge was soaked in the wine, put on a stalk of hyssop, and lifted up to his lips. Jesus drank the wine. It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. One of the high priest's slaves, a relative of a man whose ear Peter had cut off, spoke up. Much has been made of the words that Jesus said on the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, I think we have to remember tonight that he wasn't just saying that his life was finished. Folks, Jesus was saying that the mission was accomplished. The reason that Jesus came to this earth was for you, was for me, that we might have eternal life, that we might know, uh, know him, to know God personally. And so tonight, as we remember the crucifixion, uh, for us, it is uh, it is Good Friday. I was not good on that day. I'll tell you what, on that day, the scripture says that it got dark says that there was a, a temple, uh, the, in the temple there was a curtain and there was an earthquake and as the earthquake the, the curtain was torn into two and the curtain is the point uh, that separated between where the people were and where God was. And the symbolism that day was strong and it was loud and it was clear. It was that the temple, that the, the barrier between God and man was no more. Jesus paid the price for your sin. He paid the price for my sin. And he came back to life again. And that's what we're going to celebrate on Sunday is the resurrection. And so we are so thankful because without the resurrection, Good Friday would not be good at all. But folks, it is good because Sunday 
came along. It is good because Jesus rose again from the grave. He is an ever living Savior. And so tonight, as you think about the, uh, you think about the cross of Christ, what He did, how that He took on that burden for you. I want you to think, uh, as you just watched the last few minutes here of footage from the Gospel of John. It's the movie, The Gospel of John. I would highly recommend uh, in, your, in your time of uh, quarantine right now to go look up that movie, The Gospel of John, and you can watch the entire movie online. It's an incredible several hours of the life of Christ. I love reading the book of John. It is, he is an eyewitness to the life of Christ. Everything that, uh, that the book of John, is, uh, he's just telling you, hey, I was there, I saw it. Hey, I was there, I saw it. And so when John's telling you this, he's telling you, listen, I was there at the cross and I saw him. I saw him die. I saw him pay the price for mankind. I saw him give his life. And you know what, folks? That's exactly what Jesus did. When he said, it is finished, he said, I have given my life. Uh, he said it is paid in full. The price for your sin was paid in full. And so when he did that, it was dark. There was clouds came over the over the over the land of Israel in that moment. And it was dark in the middle of the day. And as you think about that darkness in the middle of the day, think of the weight that was on Jesus. Pastor Al shared Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the iniquity of us all was laid on him. Do you know why it got dark at that moment, folks? It was because your sin was laid on top of Jesus Christ at that moment. Right then, right there, your sin was laid on him. And imagine the burden that Jesus was carrying at that moment. Imagine the broken heart he had for the people who were rejecting him. On the cross, he said, it is finished. But earlier he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Like he was always thinking about somebody else. And folks, in our time of trouble, God's given us the greatest example by his humility, by his ability to serve us whenever we couldn't even serve ourselves. Our God is the great God. And I'm so thankful for what he did on the cross. And as I remember what Jesus did, you know, it's easy. You can just know this is a fact. God says that, uh, you know, these are facts. Indeed, Jesus did come to the earth. This is a fact. Jesus came. And on Good Friday, we celebrate that Jesus was crucified. But may I share with you that the, uh, that the disciples were not celebrating on Good Friday. The disciples weren't even really celebrating on Easter yet. They, uh, the celebration, they didn't even know what end was up because it was just a week earlier, less than seven days earlier, that Jesus is on the, uh, on, uh, on the donkey riding into the city and it's Palm Sunday and, and you think everybody's going to cheer and accept him and this is going to be wonderful. And in just a few days, everything turns on a dime. And Jesus goes and he pays the most brutal death. And the cross today, behind me on the wall in the church here, there's a cross and it's an empty cross. And it's our symbol of hope. One man said that it's, it's a plus. And it really is. It's a plus for me and you. But I'll tell you this. The cross was, a, was not in the first century whenever Jesus was walking on the earth. It was a symbol of brutality. 
And the early Christians didn't walk around after Jesus died on the cross with crosses in their pocket and around their neck. Uh, their symbol was a fish. And they drew different symbols and different things. And it wasn't until later on that we became comfortable to carry the cross. Folks, the Roman crucifixion was the absolute most brutal way a man could die. It was a criminal's death. They would, they would absolutely crucify criminals on a regular basis. And so you would go into town and you would know where Golgotha was. You would know where the place of the skull was. You would know because it was a, a place of torture. And they wanted these people to be publicly mocked and publicly humiliated. And so as you drove by, you would see the criminal. And here is your God. The man, Christ Jesus, who was present at creation. He knows your name. He knows how many hair on your head. He cares so much about you. And the criminal death, they take the left hand and they nail it to the cross. They take the right hand, they nail it to the cross. They take his feet and they nail it to the cross. They hoist him up in the air and they mock him. They say, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Come down and take yourself off of there. And today, may I share with you that he is the king of the Jews. He's more than just the king of the Jews. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he didn't have to prove to anybody that day. Because three days later, he proved to everybody. Like if he would have just called the angels down that day, could you imagine how great that would have been? And, and yeah, that would have been a nice isolated story. But when a man rises from the dead and never dies again, oh, now that's a story. And that's more than a story. That's validation. Jesus validated it three days later. But folks, the Hebrews 9.25 says this. Without the shedding of blood, there would be no forgiveness of sins. Without the giving of blood, you would not have forgiveness of sin if there were not the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a, a sacrificial system. And in the sacrificial system, they would have to get a, a lamb that was uh, without, without spot, without blemish. And they would take this young lamb and they would go and they would have to, and they would have to kill the lamb. They would take it to the temple and the priest would kill it. And they would take the blood and it was a big blood sacrifice. And Jesus had been giving this promise for years, and he, and he was doing it. God understood that we needed to have a picture. Like when the, when the children of Israel, and right now it's kind of very interesting because Passover and Easter are being celebrated at the very same time. You know what? Many in our city are celebrating Passover. Passover is the remembrance of whenever Egypt, uh, whenever Israel was enslaved to Egypt, and God released them out of Egypt. God told them he had sent many plagues on the people. And he said, listen, this is your Passover. If you will take the blood of a lamb and put it on the doorpost. OK, put it on the on the post and you could you could just see this blood. You put the blood in the top and you could just see it drip down. Put the blood over here. You could just see it drip down. And he says, if you'll put the blood on the doorpost, he said that it would be the sign that the death angel would pass over that house. Folks, God was showing us a picture for years because when Jesus, before he went to the cross, he was having a Passover meal. Folks, when Jesus came and died on the cross, I want you to understand something. It was during Passover. It was God said, this is my Passover lamb. 
I have chosen the Passover lamb. And this would be very common on Palm Sunday. The day that we celebrate is Palm Sunday. They would quite often, the priests would go out, the people would go out, and they would choose their sacrifice. They would find their lamb. And there would be a period of waiting before they could actually sacrifice that lamb. And that week was the period of waiting. And so Jesus goes in on the donkey. He's been selected by God. As the Passover lamb. And as he's selected by God as the Passover lamb, five days later, six days later, he's crucified on the cross. And it was the slain. The blood of the lamb was slain for you. And I want you to catch this tonight, folks, because Good Good Friday, quite often, we, we focus so much on the resurrection, and we should. But tonight, folks, I want us to focus on the sacrifice. Because it cost God everything to love you. He didn't just say it. It wasn't cheap love. It cost him everything. And he went to the cross and he laid it all down. And in that Passover meal, he takes some bread. He takes some juice. And he tells them to do this in remembrance of me. Folks, Romans 5.8 The Apostle Paul said that God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like like there's nothing greater than that. There's no strings attached. God, God did not attach any strings to his love. He said that while Christ was while while we were still sinning and our backs were turned on an almighty God, we turned our back and we were looking an opposite way. God says, I was pursuing you and I proved to you my love. I died on the cross and I paid for your sin. Oh, what a great God we serve. Tonight, before we go to the Lord's table, I'd like to invite you to trust Jesus. Maybe tonight uh, you'd say, well, Pastor Ken, I don't understand this all. I don't think you have to understand it all. I think you have to trust. And the more that you trust, the more God will reveal to you. He will give you more and more understanding. And that's how God works in your life. And so he wants you to come and trust him with your heart. Trust him with your life. Right now is a, a massive time of uncertainty. And God is calling more and more people. We're hearing more and more people trust Jesus. And it's an incredible time in, uh, in, in our life right now. But I want to invite you. Jesus said in his word that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with belief that you are saved. And it's with with your mouth, that you are confessing to others. So tonight, I want to invite you in the quietness of your home, just before we go to take communion, would you open your heart to Jesus? Would you surrender everything to Him? God surrendered everything, His life. Like the Father says, take my son. And I'll tell you what, that isn't going to happen Nobody else is going to do that for anybody. Nobody's going to surrender their child. God the Father come and he surrendered his only son, the one and only, the begotten son of God for you. So tonight I want to invite you to trust Jesus. And if that's you, would you just, just right in the quietness of your home, just pray and say something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I am believing on you today. 
You said if I would confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you would save me. So God, I'm telling you with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You made that personal for me. And God, I'm coming to you right now and I'm asking you to step into my life. And for others, the scriptures tell us before we go to the Lord's table to have a moment of reflection, to examine your heart, to see where you are at with God. And so I want to encourage you today to examine your heart and just take a quiet moment with God. As uh, as as we prepare, I'm just going to ask you at home if you would get the cracker or the or the bread. If you're taking a piece of bread, just just take a piece of bread and and rip it. You know, that's what Jesus did at the Last Supper. It was it was bread. And yes, it was unleavened. Uh, and there's much to be said about the, the element of the meal. But tonight we're not talking about the element. We're talking about the God. And the, the God who said, please remember me. So he said he just took a piece of bread because it was a visual and they could see it. And he said, this do in remembrance of me. And he says, this is my body, which was broken for you. And then I want you to prepare that and get the bread ready or the cracker, uh, the crackers that you have. You can give one to each one in your family. Ask them all to hold that. And, and then and then to take the, the juice. And just, just take the juice and go around to each person's cup. And j- just fill that cup. And, 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 and somebody serve the family. Whether it's, I would suggest the husband or the dad to go around and, and just to serve. If husband or dad's not there, um, somebody else go around and serve. Mom, a- anybody, go around and serve. And, and just fill this up and have these ready to go. And what we're going to do in just a moment here. I'm going to read to you a scripture that I'm going to share with you a video. And as this video rolls, it's just going to walk you through some thoughts to think about the cross. And as you see it talking about his body, I want you to take that bread or that cracker and I want you just to eat it, partake of it. And then I want you to take the juice when it talks about his blood that was shed for you. I want you to take it and, part- and, and eat and drink of it and partake of it. And after that video is done, we're going to come back and I'm going to share just a, another thought with you before we close tonight. But I, I know the scripture says where two or three are gathered together in my name. He is there. And there's there's less than 10 up here. I'll tell you that there's uh, there, there's me, Pastor Al, Luke and my own family are here. But but I want I want to encourage you tonight in your home. We don't have to be in a packed church like we normally are on Good Friday. Oh, and I stood up here tonight and I almost cried. I have a, such fond memories of this day in my life. Every year for the last 50 years. But I tell you what, I have great memories of what Jesus did for me. And I would ask you to celebrate 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, I delivered to you that which was the most important. I have given to you what was the most important. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, just like he said. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, 
just like he said in the scriptures. And then he appeared to more to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Folks, the most important thing in life is that Jesus died. He gave his body, which was broken for you. He gave his blood so that you might have eternal life. And on that night, when he had blessed it, the scripture says he took that bread and he took it and he blessed it. So I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing on your elements. And then when I say amen, this video is going to roll. And I'm just going to allow you and your family to have some personal time with your God. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for this, um, this ordinance that you've given us. You said to do this, to remember you. And God, tonight as we think of the early church, we're reminded that there wasn't big crowds. They weren't gathering on Good Friday like we do every year. They were carrying the message that was so powerful that you died, you paid for their sin, and you rose again. So, God, tonight I ask your blessing upon this bread in my home and the bread and the crackers and all the homes of the people watching and the people that will watch us tomorrow and the people that will watch us in days to come. Lord, I ask now your blessing upon them as they worship you. And, God, right now we're used to this moment. We're in the church. We feel so energized and so encouraged. But, God, would you give us that moment as we realize that it's all over this place all over western Pennsylvania, all over the world. People are watching tonight and that we have gathered around the globe to honor you. So, God, I ask your blessing upon these elements here, this bread and this juice. Lord, be with your people now as we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I encourage you to watch the video.
Praise be to God. No matter what, we can have communion. We can serve the Lord. And you can open your heart to Jesus tonight. I'm so thankful for all those that opened their heart tonight online. And if you opened your heart, you prayed tonight to trust Jesus, would you let us know? Just, just, just share that with somebody. With the heart you believe, with the mouth you confess. God says, I want you to believe. I want you to trust me. Oh, I'm so thankful tonight for what he's done. And, and that last scripture that came up there, I love that. Uh, God says, where, where I'm going, you're going to come there soon. And one day Jesus is going to call us home. And, and that's what we live for. So, you know, we've come through all these moments of, uh, of tragedy, if you will, in our culture and in our world right, in our world right now. But may I say this? That that's what we've been preparing for. This is why Jesus died on the cross. Because he knew the brokenness. And he knew. Think about this. 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. He knew what we'd be going through in 2020. He knows about the pandemic. It's not. He's not alarmed. But he's with us. And so tonight as you've worshipped him. We, uh, we, have, we are beginning our Easter weekend here. And I want to invite you just to share that word with everybody. Share it with other people and invite them online. Like, you, you know that you will have the greatest impact by you personally inviting somebody. Send links. Call them. Get on the phone. Say, hey, I want you to check out what we're doing this weekend. Somebody was telling me the other day that they invited their, their friend. And their friend has watched for several weeks now. And so God is doing something bigger than what we could imagine, folks. I think more people will be able to watch online Sunday than we could ever fit in our building. So I want to encourage you that God is at work and he is alive. Thanks be unto the Lord for his unspeakable gift. And as you celebrate that with the bread and the juice in your family, I hope that tonight was one of the most sweetest times of worship you've ever had. And it was with your family. It was at home with just a few people. I told you I would answer the question, why is Good Friday good? Folks, it is good because he let you be free. God forgave you of your sins. That was the only thing that was good about it. When you look at it, it was a horrible tragedy in the, in the minds of the disciples. When you look at other, other things, it was a hard, hard time. But it was good for one reason. That Jesus fulfilled his mission and he loved you and he cared for you and he brought you unto himself. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. I'd like for you to watch this next clip. This is, uh, this is why we call Good Friday good. And then afterwards, I'm going to come back and we're going to close our time together in prayer. Enjoy this moment together with your family. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. 
He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God. Our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our King, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We had heard the stories of old, yet this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God. An innocent man 
putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. Amen. Can we thank God tonight? It is Good Friday. Good Friday, because God paid the price. Folks, tonight I just want to say thank you for joining us and thank you for celebrating Good Friday and worshiping the Lord. I just sense uh, a spirit of worship all over this place. Thank you for worshiping our great God. He is so worthy to be praised. As we close, uh, two things I want to. First of all, I'm going to ask Pastor Luke and Pastor Al. They're going to close us in prayer. And, uh, you know, we've had a number of people that we know that have contacted the virus already. Uh, one in our church was uh, was in, in some pretty severe condition this time last week. And uh, may I tell you that she was discharged from the hospital and went to her home today. And I believe that her and her family are watching and had communion with us tonight. Can we thank our God Almighty? Man, that's just awesome. And I just praise God and I honor Him because uh, when I talked with that family earlier today, they had no clue that she'd be home by Good Friday. Let me tell you, for Lil, it's a good Friday. It is the best Friday. What a day to be discharged from the hospital and to overcome that. It is good Friday. And uh, as, as Pastor John used to always say, good things still happen on good Friday. And you know what, Pastor John, if you're watching, I want you to know good things are still happening. Lil was discharged and several people tonight online opened their hearts to Jesus Christ. And so just say amen by your likes, your hugs and whatever we do on this social media stuff and hitting all them buttons. All right. But uh, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Luke and Pastor Al to close us in prayer. Thanking God for the sacrifice that we have in Jesus Christ, what he did for us and asking God for continued for Lil and for a few others that we know. We don't want to mention anybody's names uh, without permission. So we uh, we just want to ask God to protect our our family here, our church family and our land. So we'll start with Luke and then Pastor Al. Oh, Father God, we just exalt you tonight. We just lift you up. So just so humbled at the, the words that you give us in your precious word. Lord, we are humbled to know that by your stripes we are healed by your wounds. God, it, you were pierced for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. God, we just get this image of what you did for us on the cross. And may we always look at that cross and not not be ashamed, not shy away. And we know that as believers, it's so much more than symbolism. It's freedom. It's rescue. So, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for not just keeping us in mind, but boring our sins in your body and paying in full for our sins on the cross. Lord, I'm, I'm just lifting up the people who are watching. God, people who have, have committed their lives to you tonight. God, we rejoice and, and, and you, knew, you knew this was going to happen. God, you, you, you knew everybody that was going to watch. You, you know everybody's heart. You know everybody's family situation. And God, it's tough. Many of us are, are waking up every day and we're trying to bring order. And, and I'm so thankful that we have tonight to really focus on what's important. To really focus in on the cross. And then we just have that, that image in our head every day of what you did for us on the cross. 
this great sacrifice that you paid for us on the, on the cross, Lord Jesus. We love you so very much. And we just lift up those who are um, continuing to wrestle with, um, that, with health issues. I know many in our church family are living in fear. Many in our church family know someone, or we do know of several in our church who have, um, have the virus. And Lord, we lift them up to you. You know them by name. You know when they get up. You know when they go down. And God, we do pray for healing. And God, we pray that you would just surround them with your presence and surround them with your power and just remind them that you are in control. And Jesus, we just, again, just thank you so much for your cross. And we're, we're humbled to, to just be in your presence uh, this evening. In, in Jesus' name. Jesus, we are just so extremely thankful that you were broken for we the broken. Jesus, thank you for willingly going to the cross to take our sin debt so that we could be free. Jesus, you said the thief came not but for to steal and to kill and destroy, but you came that we would have life and life abundantly. We thank you, Father, for that. And God, we're asking that those who are worshiping with us tonight, that they would be able to experience that life and that abundant life in the here and now. In spite of our circumstances and what's taking place around us, Father, we thank you that you made a promise that come unto me, all you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus, that that yoke has two places. You're in one and we're in the other, and you do the heavy lifting. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For those who have come to into relationship with you tonight, Jesus, we just ask that this would be just a, a start of something amazing. God, because I know in my life, I look back to 1980, to where my life was just a wreck. And in that same year, you performed what only you could perform. Transformation. God, we ask you for those who are suffering, as uh, Pastor Luke mentioned, with illness right now. God, just for your healing. Jesus, you said that you're the one who heals us. And so we ask you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we love you. We just ask that you would just continue to draw our hearts towards you. Thank you for the rest you offer to us. Thank you that you told us to be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted among the earth. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. You are dismissed, right? We'll see you Sunday online. Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday at 9.30, at 11, 3 and 7. God bless you and have a great Easter weekend. Let's make it the best we've ever had yet. God bless.